we are. It's Wednesday night, 11-11. It's 11-11 today, and it's Veterans Day. Now, because it's Veterans Day and because I love veterans and because it, it's just the right thing to do, um, I'm going to play a tribute to veterans as soon as they hit play. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Today, as veterans, you are still defending freedom, still leading the charge, and still showing what true patriotism really means. Your careers and in the way you've lived your lives, you've all said no. A most emphatic no to mediocrity, to averageness, to timidity. You've said no to the rules of the game and the regulations of the day. You've said no to the conventional wisdom. No to the merely adequate. No to the limits and limitations on yourselves and others. You're all originals. You've all made America better, a better place, and you've made us seem a better place in the eyes of the people of the world. never before we must pray for God's help in broadening and deepening the peace we enjoy. Let us pray for freedom and justice and a more stable world, a promise in the words for which General Ridgway listened, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Amen. My, my personal favorite um, president of all time Ronald Reagan, but he was the first one that I got to vote for. I turned 18 and I got to vote for the big gipper, Ronald Reagan. And he said, well, thank you, right? Um, if you never listened to Ronald Reagan, you don't know that's the way he talked. He'd go, well, Nancy, I don't know. That was his famous line because everything he, toward the end of his presidency, he didn't remember a whole lot. So he's like, well, I don't know. But um, what he demonstrated through, through that prayer on Veterans Day many years ago, 40 plus years ago, or 40 years ago anyway, um, was that we need God's help and we need God's protection and we need God's favor. And he acknowledged that in that prayer. And that's one of the reasons why he's uh, my favorite president. Um, just from that, he always put God in the middle of everything. And uh, so anyway, for those of you that served I know that we uh, had you stand up once. I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time. If you served in the armed forces, any branch of the armed forces, would you please do us the honor and stand, and we'd like to honor you tonight on Veterans Day. Anybody who, who served? There's back there, 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 there. Thank you. Every one of you from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your service. For many of you, it's been a lot of years since that, that time when you spent away, but thank you for your service. It made a difference. And uh, 
That's all really anybody wants to know is, did, did what I do make a difference? And uh, I can tell you from my perspective, we live in a better world because all of you served in your different capacities and uh, you made a difference. And it's a positive, uh, positive development. I have an uncle that died at Normandy and a brother that died in Vietnam. So they would both be, well, my uncle would be gone by now because he was born in 1916. But uh, my brother was killed in 1968, January 10, 1968. He was killed during the Tet Offensive. So I've, I've grown up in a, in a military family, and I have, an, I have a nephew that's uh, 20 years in the U.S. Navy. I've got a niece that's worked in aeronautical engineering in the, in the U.S. Navy, and um, uh, uncles and, and my one brother, and actually two of my brothers served. One was killed, and the other one um, came back home. But, um, so there's a huge tie for me to the military, and so I just wanted to say to all of you that served, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for your service. So give them another hand if you would, please. Thank you. Freedom's not free. This isn't a message. This is a continuation on Veterans Day. Freedom is not free. No matter what you do, freedom is never free. It costs a great deal to have freedom. And freedom is a very dangerous thing. The more freedom you give people, the more potential you have for misbehavior. Put it that way, right? If you really want to keep your kids in line, tie them up, stick them in the corner. They won't do anything wrong, right? But obviously don't do that. But that was a you know, statement, but obviously not. But if you're going to allow them freedom, you have the opportunity for misbehavior. See, God created us free, but he wants us to submit to his leadership. But he wants us to submit to his leadership willingly, not out of compulsion or out of force. He doesn't have a gun to our heads. Instead, he says, I want you to submit to me, but I want you to do it willingly because I have your best interest in mind. And freedom is like that. We can, we can choose to obey the laws. We can choose to disobey the laws. And many times you can get away with it. But one thing I've learned over my 58 years, and that is nobody gets away with anything long term. Nobody gets away with anything long term. It might look like it. David talks about that in the Psalms. He says, why do the wicked prosper? Why are those evildoers, why do they, why do they prosper on every hand and I am afflicted? You know, that he was complaining to God. And God just said to him, I am the Lord. And my name is, we're going to talk about that tonight, my name is Jehovah Gamala. Now, many of you have never heard of that. And honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, what is that? Jehovah, I mean, I've heard of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. I've heard of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. I've heard of all the Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah M. Kadesh, Jehovah, all of them. Nissi, our victory, but I've never really heard until a few weeks ago about Jehovah Jamala. But Jehovah Jamala is the Lord, your recompense. Now, then I had to look up another word, recompense, because it's all, I hate that. You go to the dictionary, right? And it says, Gamala, 
Recompense. Okay, what does recompense mean? So you look up recompense. And I look up recompense, and recompense says to pay back, to even the score, to make equitable. I'm like, okay, I can understand that. We're good. So every time you think that this isn't fair, this is wrong, it's not right, this, I need justice, just remember one thing. You don't want justice. I don't want justice and neither do you. Because if we ever got justice, I would have, I'd be first in line to go to H-E double toothpicks if I ever got real, true justice. If I got what I deserved, I would go to hell. Because that's the only thing I've ever earned is the one-way ticket down. Everything else that I have in my life, every other hope that I have is God's grace. So I don't want justice, but many times we think we want justice, but even when the wicked prosper, even when somebody cheats and it appears that they're getting away with it and things that aren't going our way or maybe they're just not going the way that we are sure they're supposed to go. And I know there's no situations like that in in America right now at all, right? So I know nobody understands what I'm talking about. But God says, I am Jehovah Gamala. Now, I might be pronouncing it wrong. If there's a Hebrew scholar here, you can come correct me afterwards, but please be nice. That's all I ask. I'm doing the best I can with the pronunciations. I don't speak Hebrew, okay? So it's all good. So Jehovah Gamala, the Lord your recompense. It was a promise that he made to the Israelites when the Israelites were getting unfairly treated. They were getting attacked. They were getting, they'd make a, a treaty and then the people would, would go back on the treaty and attack them anyway. And they were stealing their crops and they were doing all their stuff. And God says, hey, I'm Jehovah Gamala. It's going to be okay because I am the one who settles the score and I will make things right and it will be equitable when it's all done. Nobody gets away with anything. Doesn't matter what you do. You don't, nobody, doesn't matter if your last name is Gambino or Vito Corleone. You don't get away with nothing. Nobody gets away with it. Because ultimately, we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We all stand before that great white throne. And ultimately, everything's going to be laid bare. And he will make justice at that point in time. Nobody gets away with anything. Doesn't matter how, how many witnesses they kill. Doesn't matter what happens or what kind of movie that you're thinking of. At the end, justice will be served because that's who God is. He's the one that makes, that makes things just, is God. And the, the interesting thing is as I was going through this, this is Jeremiah 51, 56 is the, the particular thing. And they're, they're complaining about Babylon, and then God says here through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, though Babylon were to mount up to heaven, and though she were to fortify the height of her strength, yet from me the plunderers would come to her, the sound of a cry from Babylon, the great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. They're the ones that kidnapped and took the Israelites captive. Because the Lord is, the Lord is plundering Babylon and silencing her voice. 
Though her waves roar like great waters, the noise of their voice is uttered because the plunderer comes against her, against Babylon. The mighty men are taken, their bows are broken. For the Lord, the, the Lord your God is Jehovah Gamala, the Lord your recompense. He surely will repay. He's saying for all the bad stuff that Babylon did to you, Israel, I'm going to make them pay eventually. Eventually, I'm going to destroy them. They're going to be made to pay. So when I looked up the word recompense in the Hebrew, it said a very interesting, there was like a cross-reference that really didn't make any sense until I really studied it both crossways, and that was this. When you look up the word recompense in the Hebrew, it's the word, and I'm going to make sure I pronounce it right here, it's the word, bear with me, Shalom instead of shalom. It's S-H-A-L-A-M, and shalom is S-H-A-L-O-M. It, it means recompense, and it's funny because they're right next to each other, and they're a similar root word in the Hebrew. It's just funny because when you know that the Lord your God will make things right, he will repay you don't have to worry about making things right. All you gotta do is keep your heart right. You keep your heart right, God will make sure everything else gets right. You, you obey him, you keep your heart right, you keep your, your, your mind on, and your eyes on him, and when you know that he is the Lord your recompense, when you have your shalom, the Lord your God is your recompense, you can have some shalom because you can have peace knowing he's got this. Josh even said, Lord, you got this. Our worship leader tonight, he said, Lord, you, Jesus, you got this. You got this. And that means that when things look like they're all upside down, all sideways, that you know that God will make things right for he is a just God and he will make things right. He will be your rewarder. Ephesians 6, 8 says in the message translation, I believe it's the message, it says, whatever good thing you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. It doesn't say that person will make it happen back to you. It says, whatever good things you, that you make happen for somebody else, God will make sure that those, hap those things happen in your life. It's, so, it's, it's sowing a seed. And I would say this, the other side of that is true. If you do people dirty, you better get ready to be done dirty, right? Because what goes around comes around. So if you do people good, then you can expect God's going to make sure that some good happens in your life. Why? Because you're sowing good seed. I always, when, when we were first married, my wife and I, some 30-some years ago, we drove old cars. We always had old cars. And there were no cell phones back in the dark ages with our horse and buggy. There were no cell phones. So, and we drove old cars because we didn't have any money. And we were young. And we had two little kids. So I was always like, oh, she's driving. It's snowy. I'm always at church. She always drives by herself home late at night. Uh, you know, I was always kind of half worried that she was going to either slip off the road or have a breakdown or, you know, and then she'd be stuck in the winter with two little kids alongside of the road. 
And so I have always, it's just how I was raised, when I see somebody alongside of the road, I stop and help them. Change their tire if they need a tire changed. Get gas for them if they need gas. It's just, it's just how we are raised. You see somebody needs something, you help them. You don't ask, you just help them, right? It's just what you do. My kids do that too because they've always seen us do it. We're always stopping to help somebody alongside the road. And so I have always done that. So one day my wife runs out of gas on the way home with both kids, and it's just snowing and nasty. She no cell phone. She's stuck alongside the road. And wouldn't you know it, I sowed good seed. Some really cool, nice guy comes up, knocks on the window, and says, don't, don't, don't get out of the car. Don't even open it. What do you need? She says, I need gas. He goes, I'll be right back. The dude went and got her gas, put the gas in her car, says, you don't owe me nothing. Just be safe. And he sent her on his way. You know what that was? That was Jehovah Gamala. I sowed a good seed, and he recompensed. That's the positive side. You make, so, you make something happen for somebody else, and God will take care of you when you need help. That's, that, you know what that does? That brings peace. So that you, when, you, when you don't know how things are going to turn out, you could say, well, you know what, Lord? You're the one. You're the, you're the God of recompense. If, if it's wrong, you'll make it right. And if I'm done right, you'll make sure that these people do right by me eventually. Now, it won't always turn out the first time the way you hope and all that jazz. But in the end, it's going to work out. And you know what that brings? That brings shalom. That brings peace to your heart. Because you know that you don't have to make it happen. The pressure's off. You don't have to make everything happen. See, if, if you get all wrapped up in all the, the chaos that's going on in the world today, if, you, you know, if all you do is sit and listen to all that stuff all day, even both sides of it, you're not going to have any peace. You've got to just get alone with God and say, God, I trust you. This is all going to work out. I can't change it. My being upset about it's not going to fix anything, so I'm just going to trust you, and I'm not going to worry. And that's a full-time job not worrying right now, right? Anybody else know that's true? It's a, almost a full-time job to not worry. You just have to focus and not worry. But the way that you, don't, you keep from worrying is you keep your mind focused on him. You keep your, your heart completely focused on him. The, the New Testament counterpart of of Jehovah Gamala is Romans 12, starting in verse 17. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you'll heat coals, burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When, when that we can have peace, we can have shalom, knowing that God will make it right. It's not my job to make it right. God's going to make it right. It's all going to turn out in the end. And we don't have to make sure that everything comes, that everything turns out right. 
So how do you keep, your, how do you keep that focus? What do you do? How, how in the world can you do that? Well, it starts with hearing. It says that Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to break that down for you in the New Testament language there. It, it, the actual transliteration is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, R-H-E-M-A, it's a Greek word which means the spoken word or the spirit-inspired word, the rhema of Christos, which is the anointed one in his anointing. So if you're going to read that the way it's written, because it'll, it'll make more sense to you, it's like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema or the spoken spirit-activated word of the anointed one in his anointing. So what, is that, what does that mean? That means that when you hear the word of God, when you, when you read it, this is the logos. It's the written word. I could put this under my pillow every night and I will not grow my faith. I can stick it under my arm and carry it and it will not, my faith will not grow. I could take it like this and go to a vampire and it won't do any good. Why? Because it's just the Logos, it's a book, right? There's nothing magical or mystical about the book. What's, what's awesome is what's in the book. And what happens when you read the book, then the Holy Spirit, the author, by the way, the author is the Holy Spirit, he brings those words to life and then faith comes. When, when God, when you read the word and the Holy Spirit activates the word, it's like a catalyst, makes it alive. It comes into your heart and, and I hope this is true. I hope we all can raise our hand. You've been reading the Bible and you've read this verse many times and suddenly you read the verse and you go, oh, Right? Anybody ever had that? Hopefully. You read the verse and you go, wow, okay. That, that told, I get that. That makes sense. You know what that was? That was a rhema. That was a spirit energized, spirit activated word. And it brought faith into your heart because you went, oh, what you were experiencing is Hebrews where it talks about you've been illuminated. That's what that is. You were just illuminated. You were brought to light by the Holy Spirit. When that word, it just goes, wow, I don't know if I've ever read that before. For instance, for me, I read the Bible my whole life. Uh, we read it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and in between for snacks. I mean, that's what we did for our house. We read the Bible. And um, I hated it, and I was never into it uh, until I was about 22 but my whole life growing up, I was like, why did I read this stupid Bible again? You know, that was me. I was the kid that was complaining. But I knew, I memorized huge portions of Scripture because that's what they made us do, my parents and teachers and everybody. So I had all this word in here. And I remember the, when, I, when I finally got saved at 22 and I gave my life to Jesus and I asked the Holy Spirit to illuminate me, I remember reading the book of James for the first time. Anybody ever got slapped around by the book of James? 
I've been slapped around by the book of James. If you haven't been slapped around by the book of James, that's your assignment. Go read the book of James and get slapped around by the book of James. Because it says it, and the word of God is good for admonishment. And the literal translation of admonishment means slapping you side of the face. It's like, hey, how can there be salt water and fresh water out of the same spring? What gives? That's James. He's real confront, confrontational. Um, it's, it's, it's great. But I remember the first time I read James, after I had the author of the book on the inside of me, I was saved. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am awful. I do all this wrong. <laughs> I just, that revelation of, I am wrong on so many levels that it's just disturbing, you know. And that revelation of, truth that comes when you read the, read the book with the, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema, the Spirit-inspired Word of God under the anointing. Now, what's the anointing? The anointing is the presence of God. It's His presence. Now, He said to us in His Word that wherever two or three of us are gathered, I will be in your midst with you. So He, therefore, is here right now. Because he said, wherever two or three of us are gathered in his name, we're gathered in the name of Jesus, he's here. And if he's here, if he's here in the midst of us, the anointing is here because his anointing rests upon his word. And it actually, the anointing is the, is the, the anointing is what teaches you. It's not the words that I say. Every time I get the opportunity to speak, I pray this prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. You are the only teacher worthy of these people that will be here tonight. Lord, I'm a, just a vessel. I ask you to use the words that I say and teach the people. I can't teach them, but I ask you to teach them. So what, what we're doing there is we're asking the great teacher, 1 John 2.20, it says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. So I'm asking him to teach each of us, myself included, Teach all of us. Holy Spirit, teach all of us it, under the anointing of your word. Let faith come as we hear the spirit-activated word under the anointing and under, by the anointed one and his anointing. That, that's what makes a difference in our lives is hearing the word of God. Every Sunday you hear anointed word. And if you tune in to any number of people on podcasts, and it's available 24-7, Wherever you go, you can get a podcast with the Word of God. We are living in an age where we only dreamed of 30 years ago. I mean, I am not that old. Be quiet. Don't say anything. But I remember when we just dreamed about having access anytime we wanted to any teacher or any preacher that we wanted to. And yet, it's available on your phone right now. You name it, we can get a podcast or a, a teaching or a video on anybody dating back probably 10, 15 years. It's all there. So if you're not listening and paying attention to the Word of God, it's not because it's not available. It's available everywhere. And good teaching is available everywhere. So the Word of God under the anointing, brings faith. So, the issue is, that's how we get faith. 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing when the Holy Spirit brings something to life in your heart under the anointing. That's when faith comes. When you go, wow, okay. But faith and unbelief come the same way. They come by hearing and giving your attention to it. And that's why it says in Proverbs, give attention to my word. Pay attention to my word. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. Because if you don't purposefully put the word of God in front of you and consistently put it in front of you, you will pay attention to the urgent things around you right? The tyranny of the urgent is the the order of our day. There's too many things screaming for our attention. We have to make a decision that we're going to listen to God. We're going to listen to his word. We're not going to just listen to whatever's on TV or whatever's on the radio or, or whatever our neighbor wants to talk about. We're going to listen to what God says because it's the only hope we have to keep our sanity Otherwise, you end up just worrying all the time, right? So we've got to pay attention to God's word. So faith comes by the word, but also unbelief comes by looking at your circumstances. We talked about this Peter in the boat, how when Peter looked at Jesus, he walked on water. As soon as he started looking at his circumstances, he sunk like a rock. Why? Because when we keep our eyes on Jesus, That's where we're going. But as soon as you take your eyes off him and look at all the things around you, you know what happens? Unbelief happens. And when unbelief happens, you sink. So we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Just keep them firmly focused on him and not back off. So faith comes by the word. Faith can be activated by a scripture. For instance, you read a scripture and you go, how about a scripture like, and he healed them all. That's a simple scripture. But just that verse right there, and he healed them all. Does it say he healed most of them? Does it say he healed a few of them? It says that everybody that came to him, Jesus healed them all. Jesus said he is the express representation of the Father. And if Jesus is the express representation of the Father, and I only do the things I see my Father do, and I only say the, Father, the things I, I hear my Father say. So if you've seen Jesus doing something in the New Testament, that is the will of the Father. Y'all with me? If you can see it, if you can see Jesus doing it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is God's will because Jesus only did God's will. Jesus never turned one person away who came to him and asked him for mercy or asked him for healing or help. He never turned one person away. He never said, "Eh, later, I'm busy, man. I have used up my quota of heavenly power for the day. I need to go back and get a refill. I'm done. He never did that to anybody. He never said, no, you're going to have to wait an hour. I'm on my lunch break. He never said that. He never made any inference to making people wait or putting people off or being bothered by people. When he was walking down the street, blind Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, he kept screaming. 
He was a blind man. And when it says, take heart, Bartimaeus, the master calls you. You know what Bartimaeus did? He got a word from Jesus. He got a word from God. He says, hey, Bartimaeus, the master, Jesus, is calling you. You know what blind Bartimaeus did? You can read it. He took his cloak, which was his beggar's cloak, which is honestly <coughs> similar to, it'd be like his caseworkers. It'd be like his welfare check, okay? It'd be his assistance check. Uh, when you got this cape from the council of the Jews, the Jewish leaders, when they gave you this one particular coat, it was of a certain color, and it said to everybody, this guy is a legitimate charity. You can give to him. And people would walk by and they'd give. They'd give alms to the poor. And, they would, and that's how he lived, is he got his living from sitting there with his coat on, and people would throw money into his cup, okay? Or whatever it was. When they said, take heart, Bartimaeus, take heart, the master calls you. You know what he did? He took that coat, he threw it off. That's important because he didn't have a backup plan. Because you know what, as soon as he threw it off, you know what's going to happen, right? The dude that was two doors down from his little stand, he picked it up and said, I need to spare anyway. There he went with it, you know. That's how, that's how the world works in that, in that portion of the society. Somebody's going to take that thing as soon as he leaves it on the ground and walks away. Somebody's going to make off with his coat. But he, was, he willingly threw off his coat. Why? Because he wasn't going to have a backup plan. He was going to go to Jesus and he was asking Jesus and he'd heard all about Jesus. So it activated his faith and he went toward Jesus and he said, what can I do for you? He said, that I might see. And he says, and Jesus spoke to him and laid his hands on him and he, his sight was restored. Mir miraculously, his sight was restored. But it's important to know that faith came to Bartimaeus when he heard a word that Jesus was calling for him. See, there's times when faith can be activated by the word of God. Faith can be activated by a gift of the spirit. Somebody will have a word, like a, like, they'll just have a word of knowledge about something. And they'll say, there's somebody here and they have this. And, the, and what that does is like, oh my, God knows I'm here. And faith comes, and it's a, it's a special like connection point. So there's times when words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, they spark or they're a catalyst, and it actually brings faith up, and, and great things happen. Why? Because you're, you got faith. Faith came from that word from God. See, the, the, the rhema, I'm going to be real careful here because I don't want this to get sideways, a word from God is the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit. But there are gifts of the Spirit which can also be a word from God. Not the word, but a word from God. There's been many times in my life where a word from God just, just really helped in a situation in, in my life. There was many times that, 
that the gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, prophecy, just really changed situations in my life. And I would just say that for, for those of you, we're going to be talking about those kind of things in coming months. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit and activations on Word of Wisdom, Word of Knowledge. We're going to be talking about some of that in February. We're going to specifically be doing that. But there's a key word here, and that's called expectation. So what do you expect? What do you expect? You know, there's 25 individuals... I've gone through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John dozens of times. And I've outlined every time Jesus interacted with people and every time Jesus did anything as far as healed or cast a demon out of the demoniac of Gadara or raised the little uh, girl to life at Jairus' house or caused the little boy in Mark chapter 9 to stop having uh, what looked like epileptic uh, seizures. And there's 25 different individuals that were healed, that Jesus healed in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now there's hundreds and thousands, and we don't know how many, of all the times where it says the multitude, he healed them all, or as many as came to him, he was made whole, all those types of things. There's thousands, and we don't know how many actually were, were there because all it says is multitudes or thousands or the, the great throng. One of them, they call them a throng, and that must be a whole bunch of people. Okay. But there's 25 people that Jesus individually healed. 19 of those 25, he said to them, Be it unto you as you have believed. 19 of the 25. Now, there's the, the one dude at the porch of Bethsaida, the porches, and there he just said, get up. He didn't ask him no questions. He just kind of picked him up and picked him out and told him to get up. But the vast majority, he said, be it unto you as you have believed. There's an expectation there that he's referring to. Be it unto you as you expected. Be it unto you as you have believed. What do you really think is going to happen when I lay hands on you, Mr. Blind Man? That's, that's basically what he's saying. So be it unto you according to as you have believed. Be it unto you. Francis, just a month and a half ago, I had COVID. It was bad. I was not feeling good. I was in bad shape. Okay? And this is, you're going to, might think this is weird, but it's just how it worked. I was in bad shape on Thursday morning. I mean, Pastor Al basically saw me on a Zoom call and he said, man, you look awful. <laughs> Didn't I look awful? He said, yeah, I looked awful because I felt awful. And it was, I just was coughing, I had a fever, I had all, kind, all the symptoms, all that jazz. I got this one medication from my doctor. And I'd been taking, you know, Vitamin D and zinc and vitamin C and echinacea and every thing that you can about imagine. If somebody said it'll help, I was taking it, you know. And um, I got this one medication from my from my doctor, and it was a procedure that I had to do at home and with a machine and the whole nine yards. And I was sitting there and I'm like, <sighs> and the Holy Ghost spoke to me very clearly. The Holy Spirit spoke to me very. This very clear, just it wasn't out loud, but I heard it. He said, Do you believe this is gonna help? 
I said, absolutely. He said, then it'll help. It was just that simple. I was like, oh, good. So I took it, and I was literally, I called Al shortly thereafter. I felt better in like an hour. I was like, okay, I'm feeling good now. When can I come back to work? Now, I was still tired for about a week, you know, afterwards. But literally, all the coughing spells stopped. My fever broke. Everything changed in an hour. But it wasn't because of that medication. It's not some miraculous cure. It's because I was praying and my wife was praying and we were all praying. And the Holy Ghost said, okay, here's a contact point for you. Do you believe this is going to help? And I said, absolutely, it's going to help. He goes, then it'll help. And it was all about having a point of contact. You get what I'm saying? Now, because that same, because I told the doctor how miraculously I recovered and I explained to him, he's a believer, he knows, and I was explaining to him the whole thing, and he thinks I'm a little weird because I hear God, but, you know, it's okay. Um, point is, he said, I've never seen that have that dramatic an effect on somebody. I said, that's because it wasn't really your medicine. It was the fact that God said, do you believe this is going to help? And I said, yes, it's going to help. And he said, yep, it'll help. And it was an activation point. It was a point of contact. It was just like... When someone says, do you believe that when I lay hands on you that the power of God's going to enter you and that the, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that is going to dwell in you, that already dwells in you, it's going to quicken your mortal body? Do you believe that? And you say, yes, and we lay hands on you and the power of God hits you. And you go, oh, what happened? Your expectation, that's what happened. It's not about something we're making up or some hype. It's about the word of God. You got to have expectation that rests in the word of God, not just in somebody's words or just some fake expectation. This is not about that. This is about the word of God. And we can expect that the word of God is going to work in our lives. See, faith can come just by hearing a verse, or faith can come by hearing a prophecy. Faith can come because God speaks to you directly like he just did me. But the point is, faith comes many different ways, but you gotta, you got to tap into the anointing and the word of God. And then the, the Holy Spirit brings things to life, and that's where faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And, if, and, and start asking God, even if you don't know all about it, read 1 Corinthians 12 and say, Lord, I want these gifts in my life. I need, to, I need these gifts. I want these gifts because they, they say they're pretty cool and I'd like to use them. You can even have, it's as simple as that. I mean, you don't have to be real fancy. God understands. And a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom can change everything. Someone, for instance, when Jesus went, when Jesus went to the well in Samaria, remember the Samaritan woman, Jesus goes to that well. She starts arguing with him about where people worship and why are you a Samaritan, why are you a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan woman, and all that. And, and then Jesus says to her, Hey, go get your husband. He had a word of knowledge that she didn't have a husband. But then she goes, Oh, I don't have a husband. Oh, okay, you don't have a husband. At least you're honest, you know. Because you don't have a husband because you've had five and the guy you're with now isn't your husband. And she goes, whoa, I perceive you're a prophet. See that he had a word of knowledge about her situation 
Jesus had a word of knowledge about her situation, and that word of knowledge opened the door to her heart. She was like, hold it. How would you know that? Right? I was with one of my sons uh, a few weeks ago. We were at Post Family Farms, like the rest of West Michigan on that particular day. It was real busy. But to get some of those pumpkin spice donuts and some of that apple cider. And we were there, and we're leaving, and I'm wanting to go. And my son goes, hey, Dad, see that guy over there? I got a word for him. You going to come with me? I'm like, I was being very carnal. I wanted to go eat a donut. And he goes, come on, Dad, let's go. I said, all right. So we go over there. And he walks up. This guy never met this guy in his life. He walks up to him. Now, I... I'm intimidated by my own son in this way because he just walks up to this dude and goes, hey, uh, how can I pray with you? The guy looks at him and he goes, who are you? He goes, oh, I'm, he says his name. Is this my dad? He goes, and you what? He goes, can I pray with you? And he, and he says something to the guy that the guy opens his heart immediately and he goes, oh, well, yeah, I just had surgery. The guy starts telling us his life story about his surgery and his leg and this and this and this and this. And we go, okay. And so my son gets down on one knee, puts his hands on the guy's knee. Can I touch your knee? He goes, yeah. So he puts his hand on his knee. And the next thing you know, we're praying with this guy. And I'm praying over him. We're asking God to touch him. Right in the middle of Post Family Farms, we're just ministering the power of God to this guy because of a gift of the Spirit and a lot of boldness by my son. Um, but th what that is, is it opens doors. It opens doors for you like crazy. Jesus used the gifts of the Spirit. Just when God tells you something, just obey him. Whatever. Basically, the bottom line is follow G Jesus' mother Mary's advice. So follow Mother Mary's advice. For all you former Catholics or maybe existing Catholics, just follow the Mother Mary's advice. And that is this. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. That's it. It's that simple. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do that. Because that's where victory is, because he knows which end is up. That's for sure. And by the time he's done with this woman at the well, he turns her into an evangelist. He reveals himself as the Messiah, <laughs> and she ends up being the evangelist and getting the whole village on, you know, on, turned on to, to Jesus. All because he opened the door with just a little secret weapon, if you want to call it that. One of the, a word of knowledge. And see, so faith can come by a word of knowledge, by prophecy, by word of wisdom. Or faith can come but just by the word. But the bottom line is you need to build your faith. And you need to put your eyes on Jesus and keep them there. And when they get off from Jesus... Force yourself to put them back on Jesus. That's why being in the word every day is so important. Because if you, if you go for a week without cracking your Bible or without opening your Bible app on your phone or however you read the Bible, your, your heart gets hard as you don't have the word in it. You've got to have that word in there every day. Just because that's how we keep our hearts soft and that's how we keep our lives on track. You'll never get very far off track if you legitimately stay in the word every day. Amen? So that's the deal. So Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your word is light to our hearts and it's 
a lamp to our feet and it leads us and guides us. We thank you for your, for your absolute truth that's at work in all of us. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that I just pray that you would cause curiosity to stir in every person that's listening, that they'll start to investigate what are, what's all about this gifts of the Spirit. What is all this? And that, Father, you'll just put a, a stirring that will just stir up those gifts, stir up that desire for the, for the deeper things in your Spirit the, where we can help people in a, in a more real way or a, a maybe more efficient way. So, Father, we just pray that tonight, that as we get in your word, the Holy Spirit will bring that word to life, that it will be rhema to, to all of us as we read your word. And as we operate in the world, I thank you that you speak to us and that, Father, whatever you tell us to do, Lord Jesus, whatever you tell us to do by the Holy Spirit, that you'll give us the courage, courage to just obey you and to do it. And if, Jesus, you weren't ashamed to hang naked on a cross and pay for our sins, we won't be ashamed to maybe embarrass ourselves by obeying you and talking to someone that we might not know. We thank you, Father, that you give us courage. And, Father, we thank you for your grace today. We thank you that you just lead us and guide us in all our ways. In Jesus' name, amen.